0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
1: Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful
2: lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: You have now entered the House of Mystery
0: with your hosts Eric Shapiro David North Martino John Copenhaver and our Warren
2: Nerd on Institute. Case- 106.5 FM
1: Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and
2: 105.0 AM
0: Palm Springs. So, our guest uh, is uh, Richard uh, Shelby. A lot of people will know him from his book, "Hunting a Psychopath," and that was the East Area Rapist, original Night Stalker investigation. And he's from the uh, the original uh, investigator. So. Uh, Richard, thank you for taking the time. I know you're probably really busy.
2: Glad to be here to help out when I
0: can. So, so were you surprised?
2: When they caught him? Yeah. No, I, I wasn't. I received a call. I think when day he was arrested. The other day. I received a call the evening before. And I was like my, my partner, Carol Daly, partner at the time. She said, we're booking right now. And then uh, as soon as he was booked in, they could do it. One of the arresting officers called up and told me about it. And then one of the investigators in the police office called up and told me about it as soon as it was okay to release the information.
0: Now, he n- n- a now he, he's a cop. So how was how that?
2: He was a cop at Exeter. I mean, first, nobody had a clue who this guy was. We didn't have nothing on him at all. He never crossed our radar once. And as it turns out now, the detectives are finding out, he was a cop at Exeter and he was he was the vice city ransacker but let me lead back up even further king clark from the homicide detail of the sacramento sheriff's department found a uh, microfilm film of reports in the 70s that we all thought were gone he found evidence that the year was here in december 1972 that was in Rancho cordova a, a individual in, in cordova was laid to go down uh, his dog beaten to death. i think he'd beaten so bad they had to put it down oh no um, and what he found out was a suspect or somebody was going through somebody's backyard at night and then they would go with the fence into the yard where this dog was and they'd beat it to death well, that was 1972 in january of 73 it, i got written down someplace i think it was january 73 there was a rape of two sisters and it was the same method as the East City Rapist. I say that because of physical descriptions. And the first thing he said to him was, all I want is your money. And That's what the year told all of them. And then you have a series of burglaries with a distinct M.O. of the a Ransacker by say where the guy was breaking in the houses and whatever the hell he was doing and steal stuff down here and play it himself, I think. And uh, it was uh, things like he would block all the front doors, you know, make escape. He would turn off anything anything made noise. Sometimes, mostly down there, he took uh, junk jewelry and not much of it, just odds and ends, silver coins, and that kind of stuff. Up here, he was doing the same thing. He was seen three times up there. Each time he said he's a kid, 15, 16 years old. He, and once he saw it was seen running from the scene, and he would described the pear shape didn't run very well. In one of those burglaries, a bunch of silver dollars were taken, or silver coins of some kind, in $82 bills. Well, I don't know exactly what the timeline was, a few days, few weeks. A 15-year-old kid in North Highlands, which is a few miles away, was spending silver coins and $2 bills. And the clerk, who was 19 himself, told the guy, oh, Don't do that, you're worth more. than your face value. Oh, you suck out my mother, I'll get more. And then all of a sudden they stopped. I think it was in the end of March, late March, late to stop. The on the cat burglaries. So we don't know who that was. But then in Visalia, 1974-75, you got all these ransacker burglaries, and the guy goes in ransacks, takes that stuff, steals men's clothing, tosses men's clothing around, just threw it all over the place, ransacked the place quite a bit. And then, uh, he went into the Snelling residence trying to abduct the young daughter and he murdered her father, who was Professor Snelling. And then a few weeks later, a couple months later, I guess, by the state of had Officer McGowan and others on stakeout. McGowan confronted the guy. The guy he shot at him. he shot through a hole in the fence. He hit the flashlight and McGowan was holding up, Fortunately, it wasn't in front of his face, and uh, knocked McGowan down. The guy got away. What they now know is he was a police officer, Exeter, S.Y., He's, he left he's already copped out the cops he did this and he left he came up here because he's going to get a little hot down there i have heard but don't know it and it figures his parents live real close to all these rigs went burglaries and rigs went down in, in rancho Cordova. and just as a side on that 1976 early 1976 i investigated so a eight of the rigs he did occurred in blocks of where his parents lived well, all these rapes in Cordova, if I'm understanding correctly, occurred very close to where his parents lived. So that's included anybody working in civil rapes. Ravis may not hit in his own neighborhood, but he will in his parents' neighborhood, for whatever reason that is. But anyway, he comes up here, and he goes, he
0: apparently been off a
2: reserve officer for Roseville PD. And he was there, that's all I know. And then he became an officer for Auburn Police Department, which is just a few miles here. Then he got fired for shoplifting a hammer and uh, dog repellent. It was after that the homicides occurred down south. I'm guessing, pure speculation, that he was getting ready to get murdered up here. But when he got fired, he just headed out here because his, his name had come up on the on the radar. So he left. He went down south, and then
0: uh, How now, how did, during these well, things like the the Vassalia ransackers. How, how could you, what made you decide that it was no longer um, the rapist? Like, the uh, like, how could you tell them apart when they're doing the same things?
2: Okay, they, they weren't. They were doing mostly the same things. We're, there were some differences. But what really got me, and when I did the book, I tried real hard not to say, you know, positive about this and this and this. But I got to the point where it became positive there was two people by saying up here, they couldn't have known each other. There were so many similarities. But under hypnosis, you got two different people. First, you got all these witnesses, Saul Prowler. Then you have two people, McGowan and uh, Best, Snelling, McGowan, thought daughter of the guy who killed her father. Under hypnosis, they give a description of one guy. And under McGowan was the best. The guy was basically fat. He ran, knocked, neat, and he couldn't jump the fence. He'd climb over it. Up here, the guy was about 5'9", and there was something about that, too. i trying to remember he was 5'9". He was pretty solid, and he, he could run. hit was fence with one hand, go right over, and be across the field or the yard, and to the fence going over that in no time. They are not the same, what, no matter
0: what you say. They're just not. They're yeah. Now, I, I was just going to say, it, it, did you expect him, the killer, to be a, a, a cop or some sort of law enforcement, or did that ever run across your mind?
2: It, it did. When I, when I put together the book, when I was working the case, yeah, we, we wondered about all kinds of things. When I put together the book, what I did was a, a report. I went back and I took statistics and tried to round the curves off of the edges off of it, and make it so somebody would read it. But I, you, you couldn't sit back and say he's obviously this or this or this. There was indications he was in construction, that he was in medicine, that he was in education, he could have been a security guard, some things he could have been a cop. Any one of those things could have applied. There, there was nothing to say, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's clever enough, but he might have done some of that on purpose. when I say clever enough, I had uh, two or three witnesses, usually the kids in the victims, to see he kind of walked kind of slouched out or bowlegged. legged What the bastard was doing was trying to hide his height. He was clever enough to
1: figure... Yeah, yeah. make sense. Yeah, that's what he was doing. That's why everybody says he's five feet I, I say it
2: many times to people, he's absolutely not over five foot If that. Well, I couldn't get further off base if I tried.
1: <laughs> wow So so what 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 was it that finally made you think That he was a
2: cop? I, I don't think anybody did I think when they got the DNA, And they started running down on this guy They did four months of background on him When they finally found, found out possible suspect As I understand it Paul Holmes Who was a trained chemist who became an investigator For the DA's Country across the county He's the one that developed the DNA On profile on East Fair Rapids To start with And they just went that they went. They put together some kind of a profile, DAA, and they went surfing through these various genealogy websites and started finding people that seemed to match. And then they started breaking it down from there, and they started running down different people. To everybody, just fit the pattern. One guy fit the pattern. That that was this jerk. It had to be him at that point. Nobody. I mean, Paul Holt himself was convinced the guy was into some sort of. Know, architectural construction, housing developments,
1: that kind of stuff. Nobody really figured well, out he was about. Uh, well, think, thinking back to uh, to the profile that you gave us when you were giving us a brief beginning history of it, he already showed sociopathic tendencies.
2: This derivative here was, yeah, he did. As far as the the suspect, I don't know when he didn't, he wasn't born that way. So I don't know when he started doing this, but he apparently was doing it out in Exeter, Exeter I guess the name of the town. But I can't answer for what they were doing down there. Somebody should have picked up on it, but I guess not. matter of fact, they interviewed his ex-partner, who I didn't have a clue. So the guy was just one of the guys. He just, you know, there's nothing to indicate he was anything wrong with it.
1: Yeah, it seemed like there was an escalation, you know. We're starting with small break-ins and bigger break-ins and a little bit more bold. And almost as if as if the shooting was unplanned, and he just got lucky. So let's move location and start all over again, like you said. Yeah, that, that's what he did. He, uh,
2: his behavior up here in the early seventies—he's probably living with his parents. God, the service came home, stayed with him. I'm guessing. During the burglaries, he killed actually he killed four poodles. After three poodles, killed four dollars Three poodles, I think the fourth was a. Terry, him my my bed a pool, I can't remember and then that to yeah, me it's just gotten wacky then he goes down south and then he's, he's kidnapping a girl out of her bedroom Finally, comes out he arrests and he shoots him he hadn't planned on that for whatever reason he kicked the girl in the face and then he left and then then McGowan comes right behind him and all the touches him on the shoulder he's right there and then they have a the little encounter and the guy goes in, and he's looking right at McGowan McGowan shines the light right in his eyes he so got a pretty good cool look at the guy's face so he's progressed the burglaries and stuff I think he was going here and masturbating but I don't really know then as he progressed along decide he decides he's going to pull a girl out and rape her that didn't work from then on he didn't do that he'd catch him in the house when he came back up here and then he started raping he'd catch him in the house a couple times he caught him outside one galley he smacked her in the face when she turned around I think a couple of times he shined a light and they had a 45 in their face so there's not a whole lot they could do at that point, but you're right. There's a word for the progression, paraphilia or something like P-A-R-P-I-L-A or something. Like and what it is?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and so he would put plates on the back of the person he wasn't going to rape. Usually the husband, um, yeah. to 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 make sure. So if he heard any noise, um. What other sort of things was he doing to, to protect himself? Usually the husband, um, yeah. to, to, to make sure so if he heard any noise. Um, what other sort of things was he doing to, to protect himself?
2: At all those rapes, he, first he would, he would really prowl in a neighborhood. He didn't just drive <laughs> by and follow. He knew the area well. How he found the victims, I just I had to assume that he just followed it. Because many of them, the only thing they had in common was, I think three in succession were at a pizza parlor. Three others were at Alpha Beta Market. A bunch of them worked downtown Sacramento, places he'd spot them. But if he was a cop and had access to that stuff, he'd run a DMV and he's got He knows
1: where they are. And he'd yeah, the <laughs> D
2: and, and stake them out. If they got there. He was, he was proud of that neighborhood because he knew it. Everybody in there got phone calls. They all had seen or heard things, had footprints in their backyard. And then uh, what when he used to be, he wouldn't call them beforehand. And then he would he would go in the house and he's very very quiet apparently. Some people said that he was quiet and he couldn't hear a thing. He, he wouldn't wake other people up just the victims, their kids. And in one case, the, uh, the the man's father from Italy was in his bedroom, sound separate right through the whole thing. And then he'd say, you know, he'd make her tie him, and she'd he'd tie her, and then he'd go back and be tie him, and he always tied all of them so tight their hands turned black. I talked to the resting officer and listen, he said the guy. But these cuffs are too tight, and the officer's comment was, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> I, uh, I kept telling them all along, and one thing I want to do, if you ever catch is I want to put the cuffs on and check him for a good fit. Yeah. You guarantee you that I should have had some tight cuffs on if i would got my hands on it. Yeah. You know, one thing, he would, again, he would turn off anything and make noise. If he'd have escape hatch open in him, I'd, sometimes he'd block the front door and sometimes he'd bother. He might spend hours in there and he'd always eat or drink a couple beers
0: and he was gone. Wow. So, I, so this this whole DNA thing um, and the way they got it through private companies, do you think that's going to cause an issue in, in, in the court case down the road?
2: I don't think so. I you know, I don't know. It's something I didn't think about. And the DA was talking about that. But as I understand what they did, that database is out there. People put it on there themselves. It's just for the public to look at. If that's true, then no, there's no problem at all. You just go in there and, and do your search. You can find something that matches, and then you got to find anything that comes close and go back and investigate those people and go. And it took them four months once they found a the DNA close close match. I don't see how
0: it could be that ACLU and some of
2: those
0: people started screening about rights. Yeah. see where it goes. Yeah, well, I, yeah, because um, they're, they're kind of putting someone else's DNA through different companies that, uh, at, at, you know, you don't really, I, I don't know, I just think that's kind of... Um...
2: Well, those people, as I understand it, and i don't get into that genealogy stuff very much they put they chose to put their dna out there public access so they can find out they got relatives and again i could be 100 percent off on that but that's basically what was happening so when i say that the paul holes was in the detection went, went surfing they just did exactly that they started seeing what they could patch up the fbi tried to do that way back in the beginning or whenever they had dna started in uh, ACLU scream, uh, you're violating rights. So he didn't. I'm not sure they found some way, but publicly
1: they didn't. And yeah,
0: they might have done. We didn't find any hits. Yeah. Well, well, well that
1: that, that doesn't make, make sense though, because like out before we were talking, you know, me and Al were discussing this just before we brought you on the air, and I guess it's the consent that makes all the difference. I'm consenting to put my DNA out there, but our example was. Let's say Al and I are brothers. You find my DNA on a crime scene and yet you're running an entire family looking for that match. You'll inevitably be running Al, and he didn't give consent for this. That's a very good
0: point. I'm not sure how they're gonna handle that. Yeah. I don't smell <laughs> like you compare sure. very much. Because you, know, you got the same DNA and somebody chooses to use it. That will yeah. be interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what we're uh, you know we we think more on those terms. We're not not so much of. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that they caught him and and they did what they did, but you know the 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 way uh, the the world is lately, it just uh, you you don't know who's going to be um, complaining. That's uh, my yeah. P- sir,
1: yeah well. I would hate to see him be turned free over a technicality. I mean, it's been how many years now? 40, 50 years you guys have been looking for this guy. And now you've got him, but the method is just so questionable.
2: Well, they didn't get, what they got was a family related to him. They started investigating those families through common sources, I guess, and and then they went back and found this guy, and they picked up his DNA, and it pinned it right down to him. So you're right, it's a good question, but I think it's going to hold up. They must think the same thing in order to try to... I can't imagine any other way to, to get it, because they just had nothing to go
0: on. Do think this will lead to um, other sort of old crimes that we... Uh, you know, like Zodiac and stuff like that, you know? you think that uh, that'll come down as well?
2: I think it's a very good good chance it could. I don't know if they got DNA from Zodiac, I don't think so. But... I don't think about that case at all. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a good chance it could. It got this guy.
1: It it's crazy. It really is.
0: What DNA did they
1: have from this killer to, to compare it with? Was it from a rape thing?
2: No, all, all the homicides down south, every one of them they had DNA that connected them all together. Contra Costa County had three raids where they tested DNA. It's probably because Paul Holes was there. And so that connected down south. Sacramento had some samples. They did. Well, first, there was nothing to test. They didn't know what DNA was. But 1992, year before I retired, I went to a little management meeting, and they had a new coroner. He was saying that they didn't have space to store anything. He said he had a, a sample of uh, the year's sperm. He said, I'll throw it away. My first thought was, I'll take it home and stick it in the freezer. I thought, I don't want that crap in my freezer, My wife should not <laughs> like it, so... I didn't do it. I wish I had, them, cause, you know, I could have rented a freezer someplace. And then they would know. Well, there's no question it was him here, but they would know it for a fact. There was one rape in, in Contra Costa. I remember reading about it at the time. They filed a John Doe warrant, which means it's not, sex limitation doesn't matter. As long as that warrant's out there, it's, it's still good until the judge throws it out or the guy goes to court. And I've heard these people talk and I don't think most of them even are aware that that warrant was issued. But it doesn't mean that much because they got homicides down south. You got two in Cordova, and you got at least one, possibly three, in Bixville. In fact, there may be an extra one down south too. Wow! He murdered all over the place.
0: Now, do you think he just stopped murdering um, and decided to be a grandfather and retire?
2: One of our reserve deputies, no, one of our uh, retired deputies. I didn't talk to this person, but Carol Patey, work worked with did. It was just a few doors. I said in the 80s, about the time that they stopped, this guy just blew up like a balloon. and he got too fat to do any running. He couldn't go over it, man. He'd crush it. <laughs> so, that's all they could theorize. We just don't know. How do you work in somebody's mind like that? You interview yourself, you get inside your mind and you lead to them that I don't think anybody normal could.
0: Yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine um, being his family now. Like uh, you know, yes. his granddaughters. Apparently, he has three of them, and uh, and uh, ex-wife, and all that. I couldn't imagine uh, um, what it would be like.
2: I get two comments about that. One, I I, I can't imagine what they're thinking. Number two, and this could be could fire something up. But there's there's indications a couple times, maybe two. This guy had somebody pick him up afterwards. There was one indication that none of the council even talk about. One well, uh, victim, and and the both victims, man and a well, They heard they heard a horn honk like three times. Then there's three knocks, three knocks, or something at the door. And three knocks at the window. And I think the man didn't hear all that, but then the woman heard a woman a woman whispering through the window, and, and the suspect whispering back through the window to the woman. Then he heard, she heard the car drive off. So, I mean, that's just a speculation because we had Galegos and his wife were doing all this kind of stuff. And, and this, I probably should brought it up. The investigators are probably
0: thinking about it. But a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company,
1: offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
2: God. Yeah, some woman helped him somewhere down the way. Yeah, he may not even been married
0: at the time. I just don't know. Yeah, it, it brings up uh, interesting point because uh, we've covered cases before where people have had their wives um, help them out uh, and be part of these 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 murders. And I, I'm not saying that, of course, we don't know, but. Um, did did you see that? Did, were you did you ever watch that CNN special they did just a while back on on the East Area Rapist?
2: Is that the one where they had the panel after everybody was talking? So, well, I know what you're talking about. I'm asking the killer.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
2: it. I, I saw part of it, not not all of it. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of the,
0: the
2: screening they had there in a riverboat in
0: Sacramento. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw part. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I saw part of the. Uh, I, I just saw one part, part four, and uh, uh, they they talked about his uh, psychological uh, profile more than anything, and uh, um, uh, also they really emphasized that he had a small penis. Everything oh
2: that. And
1: in January of '73,
2: these two sisters, they were, according to the report, they weren't asked. So they were the it. One or both of them volunteered. he had a small penis, it was, he had trouble getting an erection and maintaining an erection, wasn't really interested in sex. And that fit most of his assaults. There yeah. were times he'd make a patient one time and then forget about go off and do whatever he did. Would
1: it, would it be fair to say, though, that that kind of fits into the sociopo- you know sociopathy of, of this, is, you know, he felt that he was lacking in his manhood, so this was a way for him to regain control or to regain that, that power.
2: I, I don't know. I couldn't begin to answer that. When I started majoring in psychology in Swift, I figured out the three instructors were nuts. I didn't want to be that way. If I was already, so I, I became a cop. <laughs> you know, I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> Well, that's a big
0: help. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so tough. That, you know, how can you read? How can you tell? Um, you just can't. Yeah. If you
2: study that stuff, as far as... The uh, profile, criminal profile, they're interesting. I, I don't know how i ever used one to catch anybody. But
0: yeah. Take yeah.
2: one of those people to tell you what's going on in his head. They have to talk to him to confirm it. Yeah. I, I get that the guy is super angry all the time, especially now that all the neighbors talk about becoming crazy Joe or something like that. He's out there yelling and throwing things and fights in the house. Yeah. Now, the speaker, one of them called him probably. He's outside their house suspect outside. there at in the neighbor's house. He caught him on a bicycle out there, or something. what it was, doing the same old stuff he did before.
1: Yeah, but that's a little risky to do it that close to. Home. I mean, that close to home. You know, to your neighbors. Yeah,
2: he said after that, the guy made sure that they never met each other outside again. No, I don't. Uh, whatever's driving him, he's being driven.
1: Yeah. If if you can tell us what is the suspect saying now, now that he's captured. H- has he made any statements or any comments that you know of?
2: When they first arrested him, I talked to the one guy. He was copping out everything, and uh, how much he copped out oh, wow. to for details, I simply don't know. But he—he's how they connected, actually connected him to Vic failure He's admitting it all. He denying
1: any of it. But I guess. But admitting it is one thing, but is he able to provide details and and you know evidence that the police held back in order to prove it's the real him?
2: That I don't know. Yeah. They didn't want to cheer that much. Yeah. They kept most of the chest for four months. But they arrested him before he was even... They read about a book. The word got everywhere. I was getting emails and calls. Somebody in the United Kingdom sent an email. and just
0: <laughs> <laughs> went around the world. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh, you know, it's just... that. Well, that profile, that doctor on that show profile said that he... Uh, um, you yeah, know, you're right because the profilers <laughs> they talk a lot, but it's it's always better after the fact.
2: Well, it is. I just like they talk. One profiler said, "Well, he he cleared. I think it was the uh, vampire killer. Or one of them. He didn't. He made a nice profile. How fit I don't know, but it was the guys doing the late work. He cleared that case.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of those. Um, uh, But it was good. It's good. I'm glad they called. Mm -hmm. I've seen every episode of Criminal Minds, and I have
1: yet to see one fail.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or a case go unsolved.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Richard, something that me and Albert, again, discussing before we brought you on, and I'd like to get your take on this the way they caught kind him, of utilizing the DNA with the 23andMe, um, you know, for lack of better terms, a DNA social forum, how do you see this affecting the, the future? Uh, are they going to have to use disclaimers or is it just going to be a, a common knowledge that you gave up your DNA now, you know, you could be looked at for anything?
2: It's going to take a court decision to say you know, you put your mouth on your foot, you put that stuff out there, you expose it that's up to you. It's like putting a garbage can on on the sidewalk like the Supreme Court messed out public property. It's gonna be the same thing. You put it out there, you know, you don't be surprised that somebody grabs it and does something with it. And so I would imagine a is gonna tell those companies to do that. You better put a disclaimer in there. This is why Ancest and the other ones will not work with the cops. They just won't do it. And then I from then on, I think this point on, every, every DNA they got going to go right into that system, find something close enough to justify working, investigating, you know, the background of anybody that matches. In this case, it was just a family. They started looking for relatives, and it took them a while, but they did a really good job of it. Do
1: you think they're going to be able to start future profiling? Like, okay, this man was a killer. His son was involved in crime. His son was involved in crime five generations down the road, uh, we're going to be watching you because you have this DNA.
2: That's a, that's a real interesting question, and I hadn't thought about that, because Gallegos, his father was a homicidal maniac, and Galagos was, and I, I can't name any others, but I've heard of it happening before, like a genetic type thing. It could be static, it could be the, the family dynamics, and it's just passed on down the line. But that, That's a real good point. But they're trying to carry DNA to the point they can bring it out and make show sure your picture exactly what you look like. Probably how you think and all that, so Yeah. <laughs> they carry, yeah, they might get that good.
1: <laughs> they're putting, they're they were make your children kids. now.
2: Well, they're talking about putting DNA into computers. I, I watched a documentary on that and they either can't do it or they're very close to doing it. A quantum computer and with DNA. And that's something else, I
0: mean Stand back. Don't put it into a robot. You'll be working for the robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's all right. See, as we get older, it won't matter. It's for the young ones to figure out. <laughs> well, that,
1: that's the thing I, that I
2: observed on this. You know, when I, if I did the interview, whoever it was yesterday, Washington Post, and he asked me about it differently then and now. My, my comment to them was we hadn't had horseshoes invented yet when we were doing it compared to today. For us then... <laughs> <laughs> was, what's going on today was then Star Trek so we were like the old cars you know, while we built the car you used them so far anywhere out today you got the new model they got all these bells and whistles and technology I can't even really comprehend and It's just a huge difference and it could be harder and harder to get away with any crimes.
0: yeah yeah, definitely uh, the, the DNA is getting better and better too So uh, it is,
2: I think Cell phones and all this computer stuff. We had manual typewriters. And, you know, pick up the telephone and dial it. <laughs> we had those old phones, which were, you know, they used in World War II, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: gotta crank it up and call Sparky. You know, <laughs> oh. when
2: you when you look back, how in the hell did we do anything? Because we we cleared a lot of cases. I think there's only one unsolved rape series in Sacramento that I'm aware of. All the rest of them, they caught everybody.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh, it was efficient enough with so little tools.
2: Yeah, let me clarify something. I said he caught everybody. The early bird rapist, they just never officially arrested. We know who he was. There's no question who that guy was. And we, uh, almost all the evidence was just based on what his friends and family said. And twice I got a search warrant for body tissue or body fluids and air, and then the, the guy serving it screwed it up and went back to the judge and got another one. Both times, the judge offered an arrest warrant, but I refused to decline because I was sure the minute the word got to his, his friends, they are going to change their story, and they did. All of a sudden, he was just a good guy, and we were picking on him. Yeah. So he left our California, went to Whitefish, Montana in May, came back two or three days. Came back a short time later, for a couple of days, left again. And then a few months later, the state rate starts up. And I can almost guarantee you that if he hadn't copped out and we going to court, they would have said, well, you got the wrong guy. and
0: They would have cut him loose anyway. That's going to be real uh, frustrating for um, a detective like yourself to be uh, on a case. And when you know someone that is guilty, but they don't get convicted.
2: Oh, it really is. We had DNA who had been dead in the water in no time. I wouldn't say, well, he did 41 rapes. He did it over a period of about, oh, I think six years, something like that. He His last rape was in February, February 4th, 76. I was promoted to inspector two days later. And a couple of weeks later, I got all the reports on that case. I and mean, then I started about going through it. And it was pretty clear it was him. The, the hard evidence we had was a patrol officer took eight driver's licenses showed it to the galaxy. He said, that looks like him. And we had his van. And the rest of it was just, Pure circumstantial, and just, yeah. just couldn't, couldn't go anywhere. But what's interesting is when I was working on that, there was the son of a local reporter. I forget the guy's name. kept hanging around, and uh, I got him to take a, a polygraph. and He fluffed it so big, He was <laughs> you know, It was based, <laughs> and we had nothing but my suspicion. He was a copycat. I was pretty sure it was a copycat involved with a couple of those. And then later on, he became a reserve. And was out there chasing the hero one night. So he was apparently wasn't the guy we were looking for, but that's one of those things you put in the book somewhere if you're gonna Yeah.
0: Now, now California's got the death penalty uh, right now, but it seems like the um, Supreme Court of California um, never lets it happen. Um. So do you see that Do you see that as how it's going to go with him as well?
2: Yeah, you've had the uh, public demand might be enough. In California, I don't know what to say about it. I was born here. I'm not a Californian. I live here. But Brown and some of these other people, John Gunner and Moon being some of the others, just, as far as I'm concerned, they've
0: given the state away. There might be 900 people
2: on death row. You could kill a at once you turn loose, commute the sense of life or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I noticed that. I was working on a, a book, and uh, it, it it just seems like they, they've overturned like 65 out of 73 death penalties or something.
2: Well, when Brown was governor the first time, he appointed uh, Roseburg as the Supreme Court Justice, and she'd never tried a, court, a case of any kind in her entire career. <laughs> she won not a campaign. How did that happen? Because <laughs> he's, he's a he's Jesuit. He's not
1: really a politician or anything else. Yeah. And the, uh,
0: she, every time a, a homicide or a
1: capital case came before her,
2: she had committed, without exception. And then when she started running for the election she went campaign. That We were trying to turn this into, I don't know, a bloody state or something, kill all these people. She, was, she used her personal opinion her prejudice
0: as opposed to what the law said. And it hasn't changed since. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard that that when I was going through that, that it's a tough state to get anybody killed. Between the, them and uh, Jerry Brown, you're not going to get anything. So no, no, you're
2: not. Ask any cop in the 70s about Chief Justice Bird, Rose Burden and see what you say.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So you get to be tried by a jury of your peers, but what they fit isn't fit enough.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well and and so how many of these these actual rapes and murders are they going to be able to get this guy on?
2: Well the, down south they got what is it, ten murders down there? Yeah. They have DNA and all of it. Up here you got the majority unless he cops out I don't think they have enough evidence. By you've got a you've got one I don't think there's any evidence there except the gun. Well, you can't do that? Just a woman. Yeah. If he to the, the burglary when that gun was stolen, he used to kill. You've got that. They have two young girls down there that were murdered. One of them, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. My grandpa, I read about it. I think able to see, but he was convicted basically on nothing, and he died in prison. And all, all I can tell you is what I read of some of the reports and stuff. And he was the guy sent the prison to die. and He hadn't done anything wrong. They had nothing on him at all. Found a notebook or something his a few feet away from where she was found. They figured that was enough. And then down south, they have the, the ONS victim, livestock, victims. But there was another woman, her name might have been Taylor, and they found her and decided she was not the ONS victim, but what you read about it, she might have been she was blood to death, I think. But I, I think he's got, what, 10, 12, 13.
1: Now, now here's a, this is just a curiosity question for me, because, you know, uh, again, I have the spirit of a profiler, And early in the interview, we were talking about him taking items from break-ins. Now, that's a really hard habit to break. Now that they have him, they've captured him, I feel it's safe to say that they've served a search warrant on his home. Did he keep any items from these murders or rapes?
2: They put up two big tents right out in front of of the house by the garage door and I think the house front door, and they spent something like, up until yesterday. Maybe they're still there today. They've been in there all that time. They were digging in the backyard. I just I think they, I think they left yesterday. But they took a lot of stuff. What they took we won't know until they go to court. Because all the cops I know involved in this. What once it he was raining they said, Well I can't say anymore and it's fine with me, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. Huh? Yeah. we we don't need it that bad for the show, do we, Al. We're not gonna <laughs> touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you heard it here first, so. I will say they spent at least four
2: days there, going through everything, and they saw them taking boxes of stuff out. Hopefully, they found what they need. Yeah. If if I'm right, and if they do it right, and this is my opinion. They would have searched the daughter's and the uh, wife's house too, if they're still around. Yeah. And then they might be getting cooperation from the family. Family could be surprised that everybody else was.
1: Yeah, but wife daughters, it, it, it would be nice to know, you know, if they're at least looking at them, given the fact that you said that there's a possibility of a female accomplice.
2: Well, I'm, I'm sure they're looking. There's zero evidence that I'm aware of, but I'm, I'm sure they're looking. To, they're pretty. They're all pretty experienced, especially the homicide guys. They might not just walk off it. And just, they almost, she's okay, she's a nice kid. So, they'll, yeah. they'll do something
0: with it. The, the, the profiler on the uh, CNN report said that the uh, um, whoever he was married to um, would have had an S&M relationship with him and that they would have to be into that kind of lifestyle because he would not be able to live without it. I, I
2: have to agree with that. I wouldn't have even thought about that. That makes perfect
0: sense. Yeah. So... Um, uh, you know, uh, it, that it's kind of a. Uh, but, you know, to tell you the truth, I think this is going to go uh, pretty big time. I think you'll see some um, lawyers that are celebrities coming out and uh, working on his case. I don't think this is.
2: Yeah, they're, they're out for the notoriety, you're right. Yeah. In Michelle McNamara's book, they're, they're going to make that to a movie, Uncertain. Yeah. When they did the forty-eight hour program on it, I watched it. it. Was about her, not the book. And considering where her husband works and who's who uh, contracted her to do the book, I, I try to get people to bet me, they'd be a movie, but Nobody would. Yeah. And, uh, HBO or HBO or something like that I just bought the rights to her book recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see it too. I, I, I'm halfway through that book, and uh, yeah, it was. It's it's um, it's good, but not so good. Uh, um, that's well,
2: the I have two things to say about it. One, she wasn't picking nice to me, but we were, we were having another one of our arguments. Two, she added nothing to the investigation. Right. Everything in there you can find in the other books written about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and she did, uh, for me, way too much. Um, uh, when, when the author gets personal, she had a lot of parts that went on way too long. Yeah. It didn't make sense. It didn't connect to what the book was, so uh but rest in peace. Uh, she's not she's no longer alive. I, I don't know if you know that, Kevin. But this no. Yeah. the dead, I guess. Yeah. We,
2: we we'd have our arguments and then we'd get back friendly again, and then we had an argument. We were starting to get friendly again and she died.
0: Yeah. She was really young too. She wasn't she still in her forties, I think.
2: Yeah. Matter of fact, that's, we, we raise mandarins commercially, and I send her a box every year. And if I didn't send one, she'd
0: buy one. Yeah, we had lunch up here a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's too bad, you know. Um, but interesting, interesting. We'll see where it goes. Uh, so, what's your plans now? Um, I guess you're retired, and uh, you're trying to stay out of the limelight. Yeah, that
2: would be nice. But, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in the limelight. Really, it's,
2: it's funny when I when I put, put first, uh, uh, Russ Ellis, retired special investigator, asked me in 2009 to write down what I can remember It start out with about 25 pages and get a little more. I I could not gain access to the reports even though I had them all at one time and gave them back to the sheriff's department. He could see it myself. So somebody sent me a. a CD with all that stuff on it. I didn't know where it came from. No return address. I, you know, I, took, I took it with. And I told my wife, I'm going to make a book out of this. Like, you know, tongue and cheek. Call myself an author. I could share that a lark. And the little things like that kept coming up. And then my daughter-in-law emailed me yesterday and said her brother over in Japan saw the news about the year and saw my name in there. And then her sister in Canada did too. Yeah. <laughs> to my wife, hey, I'm international.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're you're going to be the hot stuff. Uh, yeah, like, I, 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 I'm i surprised. I'm surprised they caught him, and I'm surprised all this happened. And uh, uh, it, it was just crazy. And uh, like I said, we were getting requests. I had, like, three requests to get you on the show, and I was planning to just a little sooner now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they kind of
0: pushed it up. Yeah, they, they pushed the date up, but... Uh, uh, no, I, I, I appreciate that you take the time and uh, you're doing it. And um, and uh, again, let's uh, plug your your book. And it's called uh, "Hunting a Psychopath: The East Area Rapist Original Night Stalker Investigation." And the the author and our guest has been uh, Richard Shelby. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Glad to help out.
0: To find out more about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com. The mission has been completed. The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. (laughs) I'll see
1: you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back.
0: This has been a production of Something Weird Media. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
1: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to
2: www.houseofmystery.com